It's time for the show that scours the globe for news that interests you. We've scoured a few other planets, too. Didn't find much. Coming to you almost live from their command center just beneath the Earth's crust. Here's Jeremy Bray and Wesley Faulkner with Global Geek News. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Global Geek News Podcast. As always, I am your host, Jeremy Bray, alongside my co-host, Wesley Faulkner. How's it going, Wesley? I'm doing well. I'm a little tired. Slow start of the week. Yeah, me too. I guess that's kind of what happens when I stay up all most of the night torrenting. But no, It's not the first time, and it certainly won't be the last. It's the end of the month, so I expect that to be the case most nights for the next, I don't know, four nights or so. But... Oh. I was I was up late and I woke up early to go to an iPad discussion this morning. iPad discussion? How was that? Did you get to play with any? Uh, no. I I, I guess I could have if I asked, but it was more of talking about you know impact on business, productivity, connectivity, that kind of stuff. It was uh, we were separated into different groups and we just had some general discussions about it. Hmm. Yeah, it seems like with every day that goes by I want one more and more but at the same time I keep trying to tell myself to wait for the second generation because it'll likely be a whole lot better or at least wait for the 3G version or I mean the slate hasn't come out yet and also um, there was I I think some articles came out last week about um, plans for Google tablet to come out through the, the EEPC or I mean the EE tablet it's supposed to be coming out, and then the MSI is supposed to come out with a, a, a Google tablet. Um, so those would be compelling choices. Yeah, I'd be interested in a, some kind of a Google tablet, assuming it doesn't um, use Chrome. If it if it runs the Chrome OS, I'm not at all interested. If I think it's Android. If I run Android, it'll be okay. I think it's Chrome OS, um, but it's supposed to have full Flash. But I don't know if you're saying it's going to be limited because you can only surf the web with it, and that's it. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, with Chrome, you can install apps or anything. It's all web-based apps, and I don't know. I, as much as I like storing stuff in the cloud, I, I'm still to a point where that's not where I want my all of my main stuff to be. I mean, I don't mind using like a WordPress or a Flickr or something like that, but if my internet goes down. I still want to be able to do something and have most of my stuff where I can access it. Yeah. I, there was a um, – I heard rumors. I need to do a search, see if I can find it. But someone made a, a, a Windows 7 phone tablet. Like they took the Windows 7 phone operating system and put it on a tablet. <laughs> hmm. uh, I need to find that. But um, that's what I heard. I would like to see what that looks like. Yeah, I hadn't heard that. That would be – That'd be interesting. I, that was one of the things coming out of Mix that I was really hoping for, but as soon as I heard that there was going to be two resolutions for the Windows Phone 7 devices, I knew that that wasn't going to happen because they're wanting to make sure it's you're programming towards um, as few um, different kinds of 
devices as possible. Right. So, and if they're they're just trying to cut down on how many different resolutions and stuff you're going to have to account for, and they don't have anything with a high enough resolution for something like a tablet device. As well, much they as would like if, one. if they use CE, Windows CE. I mean, it's a very flexible operating system. They could they could do that. I, yeah, they could technically do it with Windows Phone 7, but I, I think it's a whole um, developer-friendly thing that they're limiting it to two resolutions. Yeah, but Windows CE doesn't have that limitation, and it's already an operating system that they are sitting on and have. Yeah. Well, from my understanding, I think Windows Phone 7 is built on top of Windows CE. That's my yeah, understanding, anyway. That. They they same they have the same kernel or the core or something like that yeah yeah well anyway this is episode number sixty four of the Global Geek News podcast as always you can find our show notes and everything else at globalgeeknews.com and for those of you who weren't paying much attention Friday Saturday Sunday I took the sites both Global Geek News and the blog down for. Er, Oh, I guess it was probably since mid-Friday all the way up until late last night when I finally got everything mostly back together. And I have now merged all of the content from the blog into globalgeeknews.com. So if you're looking for any of the old blog posts, they are now at globalgeeknews.com. Just makes things a whole lot easier for me. Everything's at one place, and now there's one site that looks a whole lot more active than two sites that don't look very active at all. So... It it makes things a little bit easier, a little bit more attractive. Now I'm kind of kicking around the idea of maybe a new layout. I like the one that we have now, but something new to spice it up would be good. Also, don't forget to check out the Global Geek News Store, which there's a button on uh, or a link up at the top of globalgeeknews.com if you're interested in getting some Global Geek News shirts, mugs, cooking aprons, um, person. I, I think there's a person there. Um, Stickers, buttons, light um, uh, bumper stickers, you name it. There's all kinds of stuff there. And if you guys haven't happened to have any recommendations for designs, or you want to design your own Global Geek News apparel or whatever, feel free to shoot me some designs, and I'll see about getting them up there on some of the shirts or stickers or something like that. I'm looking for a little bit more variety, and I just haven't had time to, to do it myself. So with that said... The Command & Conquer 4 giveaway is still going on for one more week. So far we have one entrant. So as of right now, that person is getting a copy unless we get some more people entering into the contest. And I believe I've got four or five copies of the game to give away. So if you want a copy of the game, your odds are really good right now. So um, hit up the contest. I believe that's probably in the story underneath um, this the post for the show notes on this uh, show. Anyway, might as well go ahead and jump right into our stories, starting with apparently the Supreme Court is looking to decide whether or not states can regulate video games. Yes, yeah, so this was kicked off um, by the legislation that was passed by the state of California, and Arnold Schwarzenegger signed it into law, limiting 18 uh, year olds or people younger than 18 to. By extremely or uh, what they view as violent video games. Yeah, this, the law that they passed isn't really much different than most of the other 
states that have tried to pass these laws only to have their state Supreme Courts strike down the laws and that basically requires special labeling, making it at a store. You can't, um, if you're under 18, you can't buy games. Um, I believe this was the California law was where they would have to block out most of the like front cover of the game with something so that kids couldn't see the front covers of games for whatever reason. Actually, I'm thinking maybe that was the version that was passed or attempted to be passed in Utah. There's been so yeah, many, there's been so many of these different uh, laws that have been tried to be passed against this. I can't keep them all straight anymore. Wow, uh, it sounds like a uh, pornography. <laughs> Yeah, just about. It's like every single state has struck it down for free speech limitations and stuff like that, and I've got a feeling that this isn't going to be too different. Yeah, it looks like this is uh, this is working its way up the court system, and they're going to see whether or not if uh, video games are protected under the right of free speech. Yeah, we probably won't hear much until next year. I know the court's not supposed to hear the case until this fall, so I'm guessing we probably won't hear any uh, results until the first part of next year. So, yeah, these usually dry. Um, uh, these drag out for a long time, and this is something that's just not only unattractive for kids; it's also for vendors uh, because it's showing that. Uh, violations can be fined up to a thousand dollars per incident if uh, if a shop or store is found in violation of this new law. So this is this is like the equivalent of uh, carding for alcohol. It'd be carding for video games, except it sounds like it's a very stiff penalty. Yeah, and I really don't know. At least around here, I don't know of anybody that doesn't card for them. Anyway, it's just as like a company policy. You know. Walmart cards for anybody under 18 for games and like under the age of 17 or whatever for rated R movies. GameStop does it. They never did me, but that's because I think that's more a case of when you develop a relationship with the people that work there, they tend to let you slide a little bit more. Is this uh, a physical relationship? No. No, okay. No, nah, just usually when I go in there for games, which is very rare since I buy most of my games on Steam, um, I usually end up in there for an hour or more talking about games from 20 years ago or new games or whatever. But yeah, I, I don't know if the retailers are willing to do this kind of on their own. I'm not sure how much this really needs to be legislated anyway. Yeah. I think this is overprotectionism of little kids and thinking that they, they can't handle violent video games, which I think that's something that the parents should make a judgment call on their own. I mean, if they're under 18, most likely they don't have a job, so they're getting money. So they're getting money to buy these video games. Uh, that's presumably the my the case anyway. Um, but uh, this just shows that parents need to be more involved in the purchases of their children. And, and they're just trying to legislate responsibility away from the parents and on, onto the courts. Yeah, this is just one of those things where there's never been any studies that show any kind of a causal link between violent video games and violent behavior. I mean, sure, you get the occasionally disturbed kid that 
goes out, and I don't remember if we talked about it on the show like a week or two ago. There was a kid that took a that apparently his kids took or his parents took away his Xbox. So at night he went in with a sledgehammer, bashed his dad's head in, and killed him. I don't remember if we talked about that on the show or not, but you'll have those occasional psychos anyway, and, and I certainly don't think that one or two occasional psychos is enough to for to pass a law like this. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say that kid had other problems other than video games. Yeah. Well, speaking of people that, regardless of the law, would still be able to get access to the games, there's apparently college students who apparently can't go without media for 24 hours. Yeah, this is, uh, I don't know how big the study is, but uh, it was conducted by the University of Maryland. What they had the participants do is uh, abstain from text messages, videos, emails, that kind of stuff, uh, and their cellular phones, and go on a detox of the internet and uh, other kinds of media and see how they fared. And apparently a lot of them got anxiety, uh, sickness, and a feeling of being alone. Yeah, I was kind of surprised by this. There's been several times lately where um, I've cut down my uh, contact with the internet or watching TV and stuff to a minimum, but I've never, I don't know the last time where I've actually gone like a 24-hour period or whatever without anything, whether it was um, being able to browse the internet on my BlackBerry or watch any TV shows, listen to music, email, Facebook, whatever, with all of the different things that they included in the study, which I assume like video games and stuff was in here too. I don't know the last time that happened. The closest thing to me when that happens is when I'm traveling, flying from one place to another. But even that, I've still got my um, Zoom or whatever that I'm listen to, listening to music or podcasts on. I'm not sure... I, I would probably be in the same boat as a lot of these people as far as having having these other um, signs of addiction show up if I was to have to go without it for 24 hours. See, I don't think these are signs of addiction per se. I think it's perceived that way. I think it is a sign of the routine or leaving their comfort zone. If you took uh, an exec from... Uh, a, a highly influential, highly structured managerial position, and then you throw him into a conference room with no one in there, and he can't talk to his team. He's effectively um, he's effectively cut off from everything that he knows. I'm sure he would have some of the same effects too over 24 hours of uh, he can't talk to his team he can't figure out how the status of his the current projects that he's going that that are uh he's managing how they're doing uh i think it's just being disconnected from something where you, you're totally in control you manage your communications and also um not being in control and not being in the know which is something that you know people are just used to it's just a routine and i don't think it's an addiction it'd be an addiction i think if people were you know stealing other people's phones to check their email or something like that. You know, just something that you hear of a crackhead doing. 
Yeah, maybe that's what happened with the whole iPhone 4G, is that he was just stealing it to check his email. <laughs> it was left, apparently. Not taken by force. Yeah, I don't know. Apparently Jason Chen had his house raided and all of his computers and stuff taken today. So, really? Uh-huh. Yeah, apparently the police came in. I guess he was out to dinner with his wife or whatever at the time. Police came in for several hours and went through, took all of his computers and servers and hard drives laying around and phones and everything. I guess he showed up kind of in the middle of the raid or whatever and they presented him with a warrant and I guess they didn't arrest him or anything. They just kind of hauled off all of his stuff. A warrant for what? (laughs) I don't know. Apparently Apple's claiming that the iPhone was stolen. I don't know if it's kind of because of the fact that Gizmodo or Gawker or whatever you want to... or whatever you want to refer to it as. I'm, I guess I'm not real sure how the whole corporate structure works there. But after they paid five grand for a supposedly lost iPhone, I don't know if they're considering that stolen or what. Well, if uh, I can understand if they're considering it their property and any images. Is there, pro- is there property, any notes, any documentation that was taken, um, their property too? So uh, they could be looking for any signs of images, any signs of, of of any reverse engineering of the components, that kind of stuff in, in their system that would make sense for that. But that sounds kind of dramatic for, you know, it sounds, it sounds civil. It doesn't sound uh, criminal. Yeah, I've got a feeling that uh, Gawker's going to end up in a lot more trouble for this than Jason Chen will, but I don't know. But anyway, back to the story. I think you have a good point of it being more of an out-of-your-comfort-zone kind of a thing. And once in a while, I go out of my way to put myself out of my comfort zone just for the sake of enjoying a different experience or seeing how I can handle myself in an unfamiliar environment or whatever. But Mm -hmm. I've never gone as far as to purposefully go without any kind of media for 24 hours. I mean, you've never gone on vacation where you just left all your stuff? Not where I left all my stuff. Usually when I'm on vacation, I take a nice healthy collection of DVDs, a couple of laptops, some Nintendo platforms of some kind, a PSP. But that's entertainment, but that's not connectivity, though, right? So, um, um, I don't... Well, my phones and stuff, I still have the internet, but even in the study, apparently it included music and TV shows and stuff, too. Right. But, sure. yeah, I, I don't know if I'd be even willing to try something like this. Okay. Oh, maybe someday. Not I would, as long as I knew something, um, as long as I knew that there was a, an emergency way of people getting a hold of me. Or, um, I mean, because I, I, I've been camping, I've gone camping, and it's fun just being with nature sometimes, but it's it, it's one thing when you have no responsibilities. It's another thing when you have a lot of responsibilities, and being totally cut off is something that is going to make you anxious. Yeah. Well, speaking of being cut off, cut off, apparently teenage girls aren't cut off because they're text messaging eighty times a day. Yes. Uh, also, they use proper punctuations over men who are opposed, so apparently, from this study, uh, don't really use punctuation. And, and text 
less than half the amount that the girls do. Yeah, this study comes from my all-time favorite project, like I've said many times on here, the Pew Internet and American Life Project, where apparently they're kind of looking into teens and texting and the whole texting culture, and apparently they've found that three-fourths of teens between the age of 12 to 17 own cell phones, girls text 80 times a day, Guys tend to text 30 times a day within that age group. And apparently there's gotten to a point where there's even, since apparently there can be a lot of miscommunications via text, apparently when you're serious, you put periods and punctuation in your messages. Otherwise, you don't put them from the way I gather this. In my day, it used to be all caps mean you're mad. Now it's periods. <laughs> yeah, I, I I still go nuts over everybody who does all caps. Yeah. But uh, I got to say, you have to trust a study from a company that name sounds like Laser Blast. I mean, that's all I got to say. <laughs> pew Pew. Mm. <laughs> okay, I didn't get that there for a second. It's like, oh, hmm. <laughs> yeah, this is kind of an interesting study. I mean... 80 times a day, and you figure you're awake, what, say, 16 hours a day? Mm-hmm. So you're looking at about five texts an hour or something like that. That That's a decent amount, I think. I mean, then again, I only text maybe five times a day, if that. So well, five you... times an hour is a little bit much as far as what I think anyway. You got to remember like back in the days when, when we were in school, I mean, they were still talking back and forth between people at the next desk over or even the next, next classroom over, um, you know, sneaking out in the hallway, whatever. This is just replacing that. So I, I, I remember, (laughs) I remember spending hours on the phone in high school. I don't do that anymore. But um, the the way teens have an outlet to have some sort of connectivity to their peers is through texting. And it's always been that way. It's just a different way of doing the same thing. And uh, developing their own language, their own efficiencies, it's, it's just natural. Um, what's scary is the fact that they it's becoming so natural that they don't think it's wrong or inappropriate in some some uh, occasions. Um, you know, like texting while driving. It's how showing that teens are six times likely to get into an accident if they're texting while they're driving. Yeah, and a lot of them are saying that even with these states banning texting while driving, it's not going to change their habits at all. Because uh, even law enforcement says that it's almost impossible to enforce because you can never really tell for sure. Are they texting? Are they looking up a phone number? Are they dialing somebody? What What are they doing on their phone? Uh-huh. And last I knew, and I haven't heard for a while, I, or I don't think I've heard much since about maybe a month or two after they enacted the texting while driving ban around here, but last I knew there still wasn't a single ticket issued for texting while driving because... The cops had no way of really saying for sure that somebody was texting while driving or emailing or Twittering or whatever. I think it's basically just around text entry or whatever. 
but you can still read text, read emails, whatever. It it's one of those laws with a lot of holes in it. Yeah. It would require require them to become experts in different mobile operating systems too that verify. Let me see your phone, let me see if you're texting kind of thing. And then at that point it could be like, no, it's you know, that's private information, you're gonna need a warrant to check my phone. Yeah. And of course there's my all time favorite exception. If you have a ham radio license, the law does not apply to you. Yeah. Or if you're a police officer. <laughs> I mean they have full blown laptops in their car. Yeah, that's one thing I've never really understood. I'm not allowed to reply to emails or whatever while I'm driving, yet they're doing all kinds of stuff on their laptops while they're driving. Whenever I pass them on the road, I don't usually see them even much looking up from their laptop, but maybe once every three or four seconds. But at the same time, that's good, because that means they're not running the radar gun on me, and I can speed right by them. Yeah, they have Hulu in their car. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me. I don't know. The it seems like their uh, network around here on their for their laptops or whatever seems to go down quite often. Just from what I hear listening to the police scanner, it seems like it's down a couple times a month or a couple times a week or something like that. But anyway, speaking of actually I'm not real sure how to transition to the next story. Apparently, speaking of things things you things you like or don't like. <laughs> yeah, apparently a Senator Charles Schumer from New York has penned a letter to the FCC against the whole Facebook's instant personalization features and hopes that the FCC or the FTC, excuse me, will create some privacy guidelines for Facebook and other social networks. Yeah, they don't like the the new Open Graph API that Facebook lost or, uh, launched in their F8 conference. Um, new ways of tying Facebook to the internet and outside of the walled garden of Facebook and having some of that information appear to 